Well, my name's Andrew Ollerton and I'm really pleased to bring this message to you from our family home where we've been in lockdown. These are my two boys jumping on the trampoline behind. Lucy, my daughter's operating the camera on the other side. And I want to bring a message today based around a story that Jesus told in Luke's gospel. I don't know about you, I love stories and um, they are a powerful way to communicate truths. Once a week, I um, face the daunting challenge of making up a story about Davy the dragon, a fictitious character for my boys. And I find it a challenge to be honest, but I open every story with this now infamous line in our home. There was a young dragon called Davy. He was a kind dragon with a big heart and a small brain. Well, every one of my plot lines then becomes rather predictable. Davy leaves home, disobeys his parents and does exactly what they told him not to do, gets into all kinds of trouble, finally returns home, having been rescued and hopefully learns the lesson. As I say, stories are powerful ways to communicate truth, right? Do what your parents tell you. Well, Jesus used stories because he wanted to help us reimagine what God is like. So often when we hear the word God, we think that that's like um, meeting God would be like meeting a headmaster in the corridor or seeing blue flashing lights in the rear view mirror. God is a threat to be avoided. But Jesus told stories and his most powerful one often called the story of the, or the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15, this story says to us, think again, reimagine what God is like. He's not the headmaster in the corridor. He is the perfect father that we are all longing for. Now in this story, there are two sons, an older and a younger. The first half of the story is all about the younger son. He starts at home, leaves home, and then eventually comes home. We're going to focus on that half. The second half goes on to think about the older son and his journey of discovering the perfect father. Well, we're going to focus on the younger son. And as I say, the first scene in his story is that he's at home. It's a beautiful home. The father's good to him and provides all that he needs. He is safe and belongs in the family home. You know, that's how this world started. It's not just how this story starts, it's how this human story of ours began. In the first book of the Bible, Genesis, we read that God created a beautiful world like a home for us human beings, and he was to be our father from the beginning, taking care of us, giving us all this good world to enjoy. Genesis tells us in the Garden of Eden, we were at home with God. That's where we truly belong, in a relationship with God as our father, that's what every human being needs. But as in the story that Jesus tells, an idea came to this young son. What if my father is actually my problem? <laughs> what if this home is keeping me from all that lies in store for my life? What if freedom is about cutting loose from my father and living my own life? Maybe he's the killjoy holding me back. Well, having had this thought and allowing it to grow, he eventually plucks up courage and he makes an outrageous request to his father. In Luke 15, verse 12, we simply read this. The son turned to his father and said, Father, give me my share of the inheritance. This was such a rude thing to say in this ancient culture because it was only when your father died that you got your inheritance. The son is effectively saying, I wish you were dead because all I want is your stuff. <laughs> What's even more shocking is how the father responds. He actually goes with the son's request. He must have had to put some of his land up for sale to free up the inheritance and he gives his son his share, a huge sum of money of the estate. You know, God is the perfect father. He loves us and home with him is the best place for us. But 
He doesn't force himself on us. If we want to leave, we can. If we want to go our own way, we're free to, and many of us do. And that's exactly what the younger son did. One dark day, he broke his father's heart and he took all the money that he'd been given and he left. The home became a broken home. It may be today that for you, the idea of a father or for you, the idea of home or family is a a broken reality, something that hurts. Well, that's what happened to this family in the story that Jesus told. As one day the youngest son took the money and decided it was time to leave. He was heading off. So the younger son headed off, turned his back on his father's house. With his money in his pocket, he was going to live the high life and live the dream. I don't know if that resonates with you. It certainly does with me. I was brought up in a Christian home and God and church was part of my world. And then I turned my back on it. I I became convinced that true freedom lay elsewhere, that that was all just restrictive and holding me back. And after all, that is the narrative that culture sells us, right? If you want to be free, you've got to leave all that church and God stuff. That'll just restrict you. You've got to live the dream. You've got to be who you want to be. Discover yourself. Well, that's what the younger son did. He went off into a far off country and with his money, he bought himself friends and hosted the best parties and went to all the parties and he started sleeping around and drinking around. Maybe that's been your story too. You've had new jobs and money is in your pocket and new relationships and you've traveled and you've experienced things and you thought they would bring you freedom. But actually, the further you get away from home, the more you feel trapped. You thought it would make you feel full of meaning, but it actually leaves you feeling empty. That's where the prodigal son ended up. He turned his back on home, thought it would bring freedom, and he ended up in a pretty dark place. Well, away from home and in a dark place, some home truths started to come to light to the youngest son. He realized, well, did you notice that a severe famine came across the land? Suddenly, all around him, the world came into a crisis. In the ancient world, a famine was where either through disease or through drought, crops had died, and this meant lives were at stake, right? It it was an economic recession, but there was starvation, there was disease. The world started to go into meltdown and its crisis. Does that sound familiar? The younger son was facing a world where things had gone out of control and humans couldn't do anything about it. This is our world right now. COVID-19 has caused this disease to spread around the world. It's bringing economic recession. It's challenging all areas of the environment and education. Our social fabric is suffering. We're in a, a world where the party's over, right? Just like for the prodigal son, the party's over. And we face challenges we can't fix anymore. This is exactly where he was at. It's exactly where we are at as well. Now, have you noticed it's often in these times that we re-examine what life's really all about? Maybe the younger son, well, it says in verse 17 that he came to his senses. The severe famine actually brought him to a realisation that he turned his back on the things that really mattered to pursue things that don't. Have you had this experience in lockdown? Maybe sometimes separation makes the heart grow fonder for the things that really matter, right? We realise that making more money and working harder, more hours at the office, isn't as important as family, as relationships, as friendships. Sometimes we have to be taken down to a difficult place to come to our senses and realise what life is really all about. Well, for the younger son, what he realised was that he belonged at home with his father. 
that he'd walked away from the safety and the joy and the freedom that actually belonged in the very place that he thought was the problem. And so he decided it was time to go back. He didn't think he would be able to go back as a son, but he decided to try and go back at least as a servant or a slave in his father's house. So he made his way home. I wonder whether it's time for you today to come back to God. Maybe you've turned your back on church and God thinking it was all restrictive, but you've actually ended up in a place where you realise more than ever, maybe it's taken even some of this recent crisis to realise more than ever, we on our own are vulnerable and fragile. But we weren't made to do life on our own. We were made to be at home with God and it's time to go back. Well, that's what the younger son did. I want to invite us to do the same. It's time to head home. So the younger son, the prodigal, headed home. What a walk that must have been. The emotion of going home to his father after all that he'd done to him, turning his back on him, taking his money, and now he was trying to come back to him. I mean, can you feel, well, the fear of rejection? The shame and the guilt must have been overwhelming, the sense of regret. You know, I wonder whether that's what often keeps us from coming back to God ourselves. We kind of deep down fear rejection. I mean, surely God, we're not good enough for God anymore. Given all that we've done, he's not going to have us back. Well, this story that Jesus told asks us to think again. We have a perfect father. He's not going to react to you like you think he will. And that's what the younger son discovered. As he walked home, he prepared a speech. And his speech was, oh, well, I'm just going to ask to be a hired hand. Father, let me be your hired hand. This was like the lowest worker in the household. They didn't even live on the estate. They lived off the estate, did the dirty jobs and otherwise stayed out of sight. And the son thinks, well, maybe I could just be like that. But as he turned the corner and home came into view, he had the most amazing surprise. It's a tear-jerking moment, as Jesus tells this story. It's not what we'd expect. It's the perfect father who welcomes the guilty son home. Let me read it to you. Enter into the story. Imagine you're that younger prodigal son, and God is the perfect father. Listen to how he feels about you. Luke 15, verse 20. But while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran towards him. He kissed him and embraced him. And then the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. And so they began to celebrate. Can you imagine the moment when the son, with all his guilt and shame, saw his father running towards him, not with a look of fury and revenge, but with a look of love and affection, and he threw his arms around him and even kissed him. What an extraordinary picture of God. Jesus tells this story to say you've got to think again about God. He's not the headmaster in the corridor. He is the perfect father who runs towards us if we will make our way home to him. You know, running in the ancient world was not dignified for a man. Men didn't run. Children and kids ran and played. But for a man to run, he had to hitch up his robe over his knees. It was awkward and undignified. But this father shows that he doesn't care about anything but his son. 
We have a perfect Father in heaven who cares like that for us and welcomes us home. How is this all possible? Well, because of the person who's telling the story. Who's telling the story? Jesus Christ. And he took all of our filth and shame upon himself in order that we might come back to God and know him not as a fearful judge, but as a loving father. Jesus Christ died on a Roman cross because we've all gone astray like the prodigal and turned our own way and got into trouble and done things wrong. The Bible calls it sin and we're all guilty of it and Jesus died for it. He took it on himself because God loves us that much. Notice when the son comes home, a robe is put on him. But when Jesus died on the cross, the robe was stripped off him and he hung naked. He was naked and ashamed and despised in order that we might be clothed and brought home and loved by God. That's the good news of the Christian message. doesn't matter what state you feel your life is in. It doesn't matter how far you wandered off. Because of Jesus, there is a way home. You could experience today the embrace of God as our Father through Jesus Christ. I love the picture by the famous Dutch painter Rembrandt. You can see it here as Rembrandt sketched out the moment when the prodigal came home. You can see his feet are bare and he's ruined and and he's in a terrible state and yet the arms of a father come over him. Notice how tender the hands are that Rembrandt sketched. He wanted to capture the tenderness of God towards those who choose to come home. In the story then, as the prodigal returns home, the father not only embraces him and kisses him, but he puts a robe over his shoulders and a ring on his finger. The robe was a new identity. If you've been a Christian for a while, if you've come home to the father a while ago, never forget the wonder of this that God, no matter what we've done in the past, when we become Christians, he puts a robe of a new identity over our shoulders. He no longer sees our filth and our shame. He sees the new identity of who we are in Christ. Let's never forget that. We are new people, new creations. We're not born this way. We're not born as God's children. But when we put our trust in Jesus, all our sin and filth is forgiven and we're born again into God's family and the robe of his righteousness covers all of our sin and mistakes. The past no longer needs to be our future. We can start over through Jesus. That was the robe, but he also, did you notice the father, also put a ring on his finger. The ring, if the robe was a new identity, the ring is a new security. The ring says, you are my son. You're not my servant, you're my son. And I love you and I fully accept you back into the family. It was a signet ring. It carried the father's authority. It was as if the father was saying to the son, I'm not having you back thinking that you're never quite good enough. I want you to know from the start you're my boy and I love you. Listen, when, you, when you're wearing the ring of your perfect heavenly father, when you know that his spirit has made you his child, whatever challenges the future holds, we can face them with confidence, right? Because our perfect father is with us. He's given us the security of being his children. I know when I used to play rugby, um, I always used to play better when I played home matches. And the reason was that when I played at home, my father could come and watch me. And there was something about having my dad on the touchline shouting for me that made me brave and courageous and free to play well. 
You know, we always play our best in life when we've got God as our Heavenly Father. We can take on the challenges, knowing that He is with us, cheering for us, supporting us all the way. Whatever this COVID season has brought to you, whatever challenges lie on the next horizon, if you will make God your Father in Heaven, you have nothing ultimately to fear. Put a robe on his shoulders, he put a ring on his finger, and then he threw a party. What an incredible end to the story. What a difference a day makes, right? Earlier in the day, the son was in a pigsty. His life seemingly was a wreck. By the end of the day, he's in a party that his father has thrown for him to celebrate his return from the pigsty to the party. How is that possible? That's the grace of God. You know, God can turn our lives round and you don't have to pay it all off. The father didn't say to him, now sit over there and think about what you've done or go and work off your debts and when you're good enough, I'll then accept you. He says, no, on the very day that you come back to me covered in all your filth, on that day, the party is thrown and a new life begins. From the pigsty to the party because we have a perfect father in heaven. And so I want to invite you today to come home to God, Jesus Christ, died to forgive us our sins in order that we might experience this love that God has for us as a perfect father. He's not the headmaster in the corridor. He's not the flashing blue lights in the rearview mirror. He is our perfect heavenly father. And maybe today is your day, having wandered off and gone your own way and turned away from it all, your day to come back to God. Well, I want to pray a little prayer that you can pray in the quietness of your heart, in your own home. Would you join me in this prayer? If you want to say, whether for the first time or just in a new way today, God, I want you to be my father. I want to face the future knowing that you are with me. If you'd like to, would you join me in praying this prayer? Say these words in your heart as I say them out loud. Dear God, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you sent Jesus to die for the wrong things I've done. Today, I give you my life. I ask you to become my father and to make me your child. Come into my life and I bring all that I am to you. Give me a new start and help me to have confidence for every challenge. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, today God has become your perfect father. And that means that his church are your brothers and sisters, those who help you forwards in the faith. So a little link is appearing on the screen. If you click that link, you'll just be able to find some help and support from Kingsgate Church to take your next steps on your journey with God as your father. Well, it's been great to share this message with you. Now, as we finish, I'd like to invite all of us in our homes to say the Lord's Prayer together. Notice how this prayer begins. Our Father in heaven, here today we can affirm that whatever challenges we're facing, we're facing them with a Father in heaven, a perfect Father. So whether you've known him for many years or for a few moments, let's say together the Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught us. Having heard the story that Jesus gave us, let's respond by saying in our homes the prayer that Jesus gave us. So let's say together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory 
forever and ever. Amen.